Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you this morning for your presence in Spring of Life. Thank you for the provisions you've given uh, during these weeks of summer uh, awaken and summer school and summer vacation and even magnify that's coming up, Lord. We just pray, Father God, that you would be glorified, that every one of these young uh, boys and girls, uh, the parents, the volunteers, the staff that have participated, that we might be able to know you that we might be able to serve you, that we may be able to walk in the knowledge of God. Uh, absent this knowledge, we would be a chaotic people. We would be filled with anxiety and stress, <clears throat> and we would be uh, stricken, led astray, in, in uh, distracted, disconnected from your presence. We pray that this day uh, your word would be a lamp unto our feet, that it would be a light unto our path, that we might be able to understand that your provision at the house of God with the word of the Lord would be our nourishment, that we eat off the bread of life, and that we'd be able to walk in such a way that we're enjoying uh, your creation. We are praising him who created all things since the beginning. And we pray, Father, open our eyes today. Open our hearts that we might walk in these truths, Lord, that it not just be something we observe uh, in a skit or a theater or a craft or an activity. Let it be what we enjoy in real life. And uh, allow us, Father God, to present ourselves to do your will, to live for your glory, to serve you with excellence, O God. And we give you thanks for the coming days and the things that you have planned for us, Lord, that we might fulfill and walk in the depth of knowing you and walking in your wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, I want to say that since the beginning, it's, it's not God that's changing the game plan. It's not God who, who disrupts our lives with, with something other than what we're doing. Um, he's always had the format of his desire for our lives. Um, I'm, I'm, we, let's go to Jeremiah very quickly, chapter 7. And this is an instruction given halfway uh, into biblical existence. As Jeremiah is told in verse 1, uh, Jeremiah 7 verse 1, that the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. If God were to speak to you today, if God were speaking to you and giving you heads up for this season of your life, um, he, would, he would direct your attention Verse 2, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. Um, this is where God speaks to his people. A lot of people have contempt for the house of God. And I, I just want to tell you that if the house of God is wiped out and no longer exists according to the wishes of some that have contempt and they consider it not a, an attractive place, not a place where they would choose to go, we would be stripped from the word of God. And the word of God is our supply line. It's our resource. Uh, without the word of God, um, there is a gentleman by the name of Rafi, Ravi Zacharias. He says, the fact that we don't have the word of God is not that we're not going to have anything, is that we're going to have any, uh, everything. We're, we're going to be able to listen to words. All the people who have defied coming into oneness with the word of God. What are they coming into oneness with? And it's scary. It's scary when the word of God is not our priority. It's not what dictates our life. And yet, uh, many times the Bible will direct us and instruct us in many different ways, and we pick and choose. A friend of mine used to say, I go to church like if it was a buffet. I, I just pick and choose what I like. And what I don't like, I don't, I don't participate with. Um, that's not God's bidding. Without the word of God, we're in dire straits. So he tells Jeremiah, come and listen. Stand at the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word. This is what God would have us uh, understand. What God, without this word, we would be in, in super dire straits. We would be in darkness. Um, as of recently, I've been asking uh, as I walk through the malls and I see all these women uh, dyeing their hair blue. And I'm like, okay, where, where, did they, where did they hear that from? I know it's not from grandma. 
I know they're not walking in the ways of yesteryear. Uh, what, what is it that's taking a generation to act upon things uh, totally bizarre? And, and it's our, I, for some people, it's curious. They, they, they think that uh, maybe My Little Pony back in the 80s was the beginning of, of being able to dye things different colors. Um, but the truth of the matter is, who are these people listening to? Are they following after what the Word of God says, the older women teach the younger women? Older women teach the younger women. What, what, is, what is that? Uh, where is this word coming from? Uh, as we continue to read here in chapter 7, uh, he begins to talk about the disrupted existence and chaos of everyone doing as they please. And he says like this, in verse 3, this is what the Lord would have you hear. Hear the word of the Lord, all of you who enter into the gates to worship the Lord. Let's go, yeah, that's it. Let's go to verse 2 real quick. First he tells them, I got a word for you. And he says, proclaim this word. And then the word is for those who hear the word of the Lord. It should be that, that those of us that are in the house of God have affinity to want to hear the word of the Lord. And I had a, a woman come into my law office many years ago and she was concerned about her 16-year-old boy. And she says, you know, I, I need help. He's having problems in school. He's committing crimes. He's hearing voices. He's hearing voices. And I told the, the mom, yeah, there's many voices speaking. And she goes, oh, no, I brought him to a nut lawyer. What do you mean there's many voices listening? Yeah, there's many voices speaking. Uh, and we need to tune out all the voices and all the things and words are being heard and tune into the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is for the people who want to hear the word of the Lord. And the biggest devastation we have in our generation is that there are many so-called Christians that have appetite for anything but the word of the Lord. The Bible says they will not have, they won't have an appetite for wisdom. So they'll mount up teachers to tell them whatever they want to hear. And there are many people speaking. Um, one man that I was talking to would tell me, uh, let me share something to you about the word of the Lord. I said, no, 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 no. You're not qualified. You're, you're, who are you to tell me what God is saying? You don't go to church. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You're on your third wife. You don't respect anyone. You don't honor. There's no word of the Lord coming from you to my life that, that I need to hear. There's nothing that, that I'm going to receive from somebody who's walking in chaos and rebellion and disobedience. So here the word of the Lord is to be proclaimed by the servants of the Lord to those people who have an appetite for the word of God. All of you of Judah who enter at the, these gates to worship the Lord. Um, the reason we hear the word of the Lord is because we want to line up our life with God. We, we want to say, what, what is God speaking? What is he saying to my life? What is he saying to my children? Uh, there's no greater joy for me to, to see my sons line up with the priority of God's word because there's going to be peace and there's going to be joy. There's going to be provision and purpose and significance in that place. So verse 3, he says, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, begin to fix your ways. Begin to align up the things you do so that I will cause you to dwell in this place. Those that were grown up in the house of the Lord can't even appreciate what the house of the Lord represents. As I was seeing a hundred children this week come here and be taught the word of God, and some of the little boys were saying, God knows me? God cares about me? And, and for the first time, their conscience is open to the fact of who, how does God know me and how does he care for me? And what are the plans that he has for me? And so um, I rejoice. I came to the Lord at, at the age of 16. I was well into my high school years. And, and I, I had no knowledge of the wisdom of God growing up. 
um, foolishness was my delight. I, I delighted in doing everything that was wrong, everything that was twisted. Um, the Lord comes into our life to correct us. Uh, it's only the Spirit of the Lord that allows us to receive correction. The, uh, Romans 8 verse 15 says, You have not been given a spirit that takes you to fear and go back into selfishness. You did not receive a spirit of captivity to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. And through that spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father, this main aspect of a father is one who corrects, one who disciplines, one who instructs. And, and all this scenario is to say that what your children have been learning this week is that there's a God that wants to show us the way. And, and the way of God, we're going to see in this chapter, I'm going back to Jeremiah 7, verse 3, he says, amend your ways, be careful what you're doing so that you can continue to partake in this place. So what's the opposite of partaking in this place, not partaking? And, and so the house of God has become a place where um, people, if you don't, if I don't like what you're telling me, I'm leaving, I'm not coming back. And I always say, please uh, promise me you won't come back. Uh, because if you're not interested in wisdom, if you're not interested in peace, if you're not interested in instruction, you, you don't belong in the family of God. The family of God are those that have gone from chaos to the peace of God's instruction. And you know, the, the ones that I'm, I'm blown away with the most, uh, and you'll see it in the reflection of the volunteer staff that participated this week, are those that were most distant from God, not too many moons ago. Um, they still remember how crazy life was without God. And so they're the ones that are excited about decorating the house of God. They're the ones that are involved. They're the ones that were most instrumental in participating in this place. And I, I believe that God, that's what he desires. When he says, I want you hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out. Uh, that's the direction you're headed when you're indifferent to the things of God. Uh, when you're apathetic, when you no longer recall why we're doing this. So instead of being lost in the religious sector, uh, some people want to say, well, you think like that because you're religious. And, and I like to say, no, I think like that because I like to live reality. I, I don't like to um, be disconnected. In fact, I don't enjoy, I don't know if you enjoy talking to crazy people that's not one of my delights. Um, I will tell my wife, you know something, uh, I cannot talk to crazy people. Um, I, if you entertain crazy people, I think you become crazy. And so uh, the word of God keeps us sane. It keeps us full of sanity. Verse 4, he says these words. He says, remember, he's Jeremiah. He's talking to Jeremiah, and he's saying, go to the house of God. Speak my words to those who will listen, to those who are willing to receive correction. Do not trust in lying words. What's this mean? That sometimes Christians think, I'm already a Christian pastor. I'm unchurched pastor. I have a Bible pastor, and they trust in all these lying words. They have their confidence in saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Um, we're already in Christianity. We're already in Christianity. And the Lord says, really? With, with rebellious women? With passive husbands and men? with rebellious and disobedient children? No. No. And a thousand times no. Um, the, the raising up of idols, uh, making other things more important in the life of a husband, causes him to be depleted from the resources and heritage of God. Uh, again, while we will do these Christian activities and we'll do summer camp and we'll do all these things, the essence of teaching a son's heart, how, how many were able to see in the lives of these very young people that are up here that they have an appetite for spiritual truth? They're, they're super powerfully in tune 
to not receive the message this world wants to give. I mean, um, this, this play, was this skit was not something that was produced in some Christian uh, skit book. This was produced by our own sons that are in this house. They wrote this play. And they were able to distinguish between the pompous, pride, selfish existence of modern superheroes. The people that this world looks up to. And they're able to slice that line and say, listen, the way they're thinking and the way they're speaking and the way they're living life cannot lead to prosperity, cannot lead to salvation. Has to be a confusion and a chaos and a lack of clarity in our day. And so I believe that these people that go around dyeing their hair purple and blue and orange and red, when I see these people in the malls, I'm saying, wait a second, time out. They have to be saying, this world is wild. And since it's wild, I'm going to be conformed to be part of it. I want to follow after that image. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, when I was a youth pastor, I used to say, if you see the world doing anything, don't do it. And if this was a real Christian church, I would at least get one amen. amen. No, no, don't do it now. Don't do it now. We don't need it now. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. But the world has become so chaotic, now our children are following after these things. Um, how curious would I be to get a tattoo? I mean, just, just uh, you know, in my heart, there's just this burning desire to just go out and get something on my body that does not conform to honoring my father and my mother. I just want to wear it just to see how it feels. And so this is how this world is thinking now. They don't even know why they're doing it. Uh, my cousin went out after dental school, and he got a huge tattoo of a lion put on his back. And I asked him, you know, that's not our, our family, does, it's not our family tradition. Why did you do that? And he goes, I don't know. I just went out and did it. I don't, I don't even know why I did it. So now, sure enough, those that follow after his example are all in that curious mindset. So since the beginning, there's been huge travesty in a man's inability to lead. In other words, his, his family is not following. And while we're talking about this aspect in Jeremiah 7, this goes back to 500 years before Jesus comes on the earth. So it's nothing new. There's nothing new upon the earth in regards to our uh, forsaking the word of God, the will of God, the purpose of God. Um, the vantage point, the creativity. Here it goes, if we go to Jeremiah 7 again, in verse 4, he says, don't confide in saying, my trust is that I'm still a member at the temple of God. I still go to church. I'm still here with my parents. I'm still, I'm still listening to the word of God. Um, some people have this thing as, well, the, the Bible's not modern enough. It needs, to, it needs to move with the times. If we move with the times, listen to me. My Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what my Bible says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not, he, he doesn't have a complex of having to change with the times to modernize his, he's an ever perpetual living the present. I, I can appreciate this when, when all of us are being pulled in different directions. The same talks about unity. It talks about uniformity. It talks about having one mind, one sentiment, one spirit, one disposition to be part of something that's greater than yourself. And so in the present days when everybody is having uh, their self-expression, the Lord wants you to deny yourself. That would have been a great place for an amen. Deny self. So I want my, I want my existence to be as I choose. No. You're, you're going to be hating what you choose pretty soon. 
Uh, James chapter 3, verse 16, this is my verse for you that likes to preserve yourself and seek selfish ambition. It says you're going to be partnering with Satan. James 3, verse 16, he says, wherever there's selfish seeking, all that exists there is confusion and every evil thing is there. You weren't called to serve yourself. In fact, pretty soon you'll be married and you'll probably be serving your husband. We don't like that either. No amens there. This is the Christian church, the one that's called to go out to the world to establish the kingdom of God. To establish the kingdom of God is the order of God for the nations. Our children are at vacation Bible school. We love the fact that they know that God is with them wherever they go, but soon they will learn that in a family context, a father has the responsibility to lead his family. We, we can't have that in modern days because men are thinking about themselves. They, they can't see the tie between their lives and the lives of their children. The defense, again, in Jeremiah 7 verse 4 was, um, we are already related to God. We go to temple. You can't say that we're not doing right if we're going to temple. Our trust is the fact that we're tied there. But God says in verse 5, if you really correct your ways and your doings, this should be the fruit of you going to temple. If you come into this place and our children are very, they're very observant and they can tell who leads their family and whose family is led by a witch, a rebellious woman who disrespects her husband. You can see that in, a, in an instant. Um, I want you guys to get ready, please, that, that commercial back there on, on uh, you can find it on YouTube, and it talks about infinity. Who wears the pants? I can assure you that a lot of you guys are walking contrary to God's order for the family. And so here, a struggle for who will wear the pants because it's who grabs the remote control. And then nowadays, what has never been the case is that the children are grabbing the remote control. The children and their passion are leading the families. Let's watch this video real quick, and, and you tell me if your house is similar to this, and many of your houses are worse, because dad doesn't even want the pants. Dad doesn't want the responsibility. The defiance of what a husband desires in God's order is not what's being chosen and we're going to see this in this very chapter because you say, Joaquin, you, you twist everything from theology to family. No, this whole paragraph culminates with the wife sending the husband to find the firewood and the children to light the fire. That means the families are totally upside down. Do we have that yet? Just a little bit. This is, this is the mockery of our generation with respect to God's order for the nations. This is not the one. I, I don't know if that guy's wore, not wearing pants, but that's not the one I was talking about. They're sitting on the couch, and it's the whole family, and they're all wearing the pants. Do we take inventory to our present state of affairs? Do we listen to God? Uh, somebody said the church is not called to be a country club. I, I, I don't want you to feel good in this church if you're not walking aligned 
We'll give these guys a second chance. There it is. Now you're talking. Oh, one leg in. My show gets recorded first. I get bumped in the DVR every time. I have a whole season to record. When it comes to TV, who wears the pants in your family? Think of your children. With a new Hopper 3 DVR from Dish, everyone can. Watch and record up to 16 shows at once, two times more than our competition. Even the dog. Take control with a Dish two-year TV price guarantee. Add the new Hopper 3 DVR. Call 1-800-CALL-DISH. I'm going to ask this question. Who wears the spiritual pants in your family? I'm going to tell you the context why I, I share this word like this. Because in the church I grew up, it was the women that shouted amen and hallelujah and served the Lord. The women. And the men were absent and the children were confused. He continues on to say that being part of my people is thoroughly amending your ways. The most basic components of Christian existence and expression need to be addressed in the things you do. If you thoroughly execute decisions when it comes to a man and his neighbor, when you're able to decide things amongst yourselves, verse 6, if you do not oppress the stranger. God is, God is into this scenario. Verse 6, the stranger is him who doesn't know his way. And they have people come into the house of God and see, uh, this was years ago, this was, the church was starting. We were probably about a year old, and this family, a very affluent, prestigious family in the community had given their hearts to the Lord, and they started coming to church, and they began to give money and participate, and, and it was a great ex salvation experience, but six months into their experience, I see their 18-year-old boy come into the house of God, and his hair, uh, this was youth group night, and his hair was dyed blue. They were already Christians. They already saw the salvation of God. They already knew the Lord. And now they come into youth group where there's new youth coming in. And this guy has his hair is blue. So I instantly told him, look, you need to go to the restroom right now and wash that blue foam off your hair. You, you cannot be a Christian and out, act like the world because then this will be really chaotic. I had told you previously, I don't like to talk to crazy people. I like to be consistent with the fact that if we're not supposed to be like the world, we don't celebrate like the world celebrates. We don't live like my body is a living sacrifice presented to God so that through my body he can shout a message to the world. Look at how I honor my dad. Look how I honor my mom. Look how I honor my church. Look how I honor the God of the Bible. And we're totally... We don't understand that, that expressions physically, oh, you can't see my heart, Pastor. I don't want to see your heart. I don't want to see your heart because the Bible took a picture of your heart here in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Look what the, here's a photograph of your heart in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's, that's a picture of your heart. It's super wicked. It's, it's desperate, it's deceitful, who can know it, who can figure it out, who can know, uh, about four years ago I told all the young people to stand up here and, and one boy in the back decided he won't stand up. I said, what are you doing? After the service, I said, I, I told you to stand up. It's an easy instruction. If you're a young person, stand up. He goes, no, because in my heart, I know I was standing up, but the ones that were standing up really are sitting down. Like, listen, that's a pretty confusing world you live in. It's a chaotic world we're living in. Uh, Ed Cole was saying this, that when a father begins to promise his children and break his promises consistently, what is the difference between a father who breaks his promises and a liar? So forget about you 
not keeping your word, it's better that your children know you're a liar so they could pray for your salvation because you have no word. You have no capacity to decide for anything. Your yes is no, your no is yes. You've confused the heck out of everyone. And so this is what we're talking about today is that God wants a people that represents his reality and it's done by walking in alignment to his word. In Jeremiah 7, we go back. In verse 5, he says, thoroughly. Find a place where you're able to go to these things that are simple. A, a pastor friend of mine about five years ago says, Joaquin, you have no idea, my friend. There are mysteries in the word of God. And if you research that word, it goes back to that tribe. It goes back to that language. It goes back to that time. And I say, oh, wait a second. I'm still trying to love my neighbor as myself. You've, you've gone too deep into this and you're not even doing the basic stuff. You're not doing the simple stuff, the simple, sincere obedience that shows submission and honor and it shows the expression of family. If you thoroughly execute judgment, what's that mean? Um, if your decisions come into alignment with God's purpose, there's, there's oneness. But if we're all thinking something different, there is no church. There is no hope for mankind. Verse 6, he says, if you do not oppress the stranger, that means the guy who just walked in here for the last minute, the second people are not only the ones that are trying to find their way, the fatherless, those who don't have someone to teach them. That's a, a, the, the strong spirit of God in this house is fathers that teach their sons. What's the opposite of a father teaching his son is an orphan. The word orphan means no direction, no legacy, no inheritance. How would you like to be cut off instantly? Right now, just, just get, just boom. You're, you're disconnected to family. You're disconnected to correction, to wisdom, to someone who points the way. It's, it's chaotic. That's what hell is all about. It's a place of darkness. It's a place of rebellion, of disobedience. And, and you say, well, my, mine is just a little. No, no, your little seed is going to produce a, a, a forest. It's going to produce a huge. Um, they were talking about a, a rebellious young girl meeting up with, with a drunkard old man and bringing forth the children that they did not want, that they did not father that they did not instruct, became the, the hippie movement of the 60s. It became a chaotic place where the family was so devastated. Let me just tell you something. As I woke up today thinking about this message, when I was a child, we played family. How many, how many remember playing house? And if you're a boy and you have a sister in your house or little cousins that are girls, they're like, okay, you're the dad. And you're like, I'm the only boy here because my brother had to do something. My little brother was sleeping still. Okay, so I'm the father. I want to ask you a question today. How do people play house today? They can't. They cannot role model something as simple as family. Every sitcom now in modern age has decided that they would implement a gay homosexual relationship in a family setting. Uh, let me just give you a, a little bit of a future foreseeable scenario. In that sitcom where you have two gay people as the family, there's not going to be a next season because they can't produce. There's not going to be another season because you cannot procreate. You cannot prosper in that relationship. You will not be blessed. So anything that, that corrupts God's order becomes chaotic, confusing for our children. Um, and suffice it to say that even in our church, we have over 30 orphans that have no semblance of a functional family. Even those, and I've said this most often, that have a dad at home, he does not exist. He is not pursuing God's order. To the stranger, to the fatherless, to the widow. Verse 6. 
You're shedding innocent blood in this place, and you walk after other gods to your own hurt. When, when we put other priorities, when we put other semblances of existence, the only people that are hurting themselves, listen to me, I'm going to tell you right now, there are women dying to get married, and because they have an attitude contrary to the Spirit of the Lord, never are going to have a husband. Never. Uh, in Spanish, the word pajuato is the best you could aim for. You're going to have a total dimwit following after someone who doesn't honor God, who doesn't celebrate family and honor and submission and obedience. And these are the fundamentals. In other words, if you're not sowing the, the seeds that are basic in the Christian concept of flourishing and spirituality, what are you going to reap? What are you cultivating? What monster? Uh, you read in the... New York Times, July 1st article, a woman by the name of Karen Rinaldi writes an article, says, what do we need men for? Well, she needs to read my book. Because manhood is the fundamental unit of marriage. Without a man, you can't have a marriage. And she found that out because she married a guy and he took off for another guy. Her first relationship with a man was he was homosexual and he left with another man. And then she gets married again and he decides to want her to support him and to be the man of the house. And then her third relationship is to fall in love with a married man who lives, leaves his wife and children to join her, have two more children, and now she supports him and the two children and the previous family with child support. So she writes the article, what is man for? But this is the same person that is saying that we don't need to follow God, we don't need to conform to God's order, that we don't need to pursue God's fundamental blocks. And this is what God is saying to Jeremiah 500 years before. Why are you guys saying that you're Christians, that you're in the house of a God, and when you're able to establish order, you're no good for the stranger, you're no good for the one that has no father, for the widow, for those who walk after other gods, hurting them own selves, verse 7. Then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers, to be an established order, say it with me, forever and ever. Forever and ever. Why are you changing what God has established for your prosperity? Why are you voting for things just because you're upset, just because you can't see? I tell my nieces all the time, plug into faith. Plug, you single young girls like my nieces, plug into faith so that you might see as God sees. Because if you're not seeing as God sees, you'll never inherit what God has for you. You won't be able to live what I'm living. Peace and joy. Flourishing. The goodness of God. Follow me all the days of my life as I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I pursue and defend his ways above all the other ways upon the earth. I've been invited many times in many causes. But I don't see a, a cause greater than manhood. Greater than a godly wife, I call her a virtuous woman, a woman who knows how to honor, how to submit, how to obey, how to respect, how to know her place in this world. And women, women are fighting this to the hilt, but the same woman who wrote this article in the New York Times is the same one who's doing harm to herself. So she says, well, I guess that men are just for to be around for somewhat of companionship and to be able to tell your children that they have a dad that's at home and they've reduced man to a total nimwit who's good for nothing verse 8 he tells them but you trust in your lying words that cannot profit you have put your confidence in in an attitude and a disposition that has no flourishing that's not fruitful and we have many times where we are invited to go in that direction. I, I tell you that, um, th don't think for a second that I don't have my own battles. I just turned 49 last week, 
And here's what happens at 49. I think I'm going to have a career change. I want to be like Magnum PI. I want to be a uh, celebrity. I'm going to move to Hollywood and I'm going to forget I was a pastor. It would be an imbecile. An imbecile to think something other than what God thinks. And to do something other than what God would have me do. And that's where people go into their midlife crisis. Is, oh, I don't want to be a plumber. I want to be a painter. I'm going to go to the Bahamas and start a little arts and craft gallery. Because they don't know what to do, they'll do anything. They don't know where to go, they'll go anywhere. They, they, they even see the calling of God as something that is... Like, like, God, you messed up. You didn't know what you were doing when I came into this world. If people go around and say, I don't fit in this world. Why don't you fit into God and then you're going to understand why he created you. Amen. Start understanding what his ways are. And so he continues on to tell them, you trust in lying words that are not going to profit you in any direction. And because you have moved away from God's pattern, you're willing to break, verse 9, anything that God has established as his order. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense, and walk after other gods whom you do not know? Are you willing to grab the biblical order? I, I wrote to a friend of mine. Uh, we, we were in elementary together. Now he's in a gay relationship. And I said, you're bizarre. He says, you, you think that way because you believe the Bible. Because if you don't believe the Bible, then, then anything goes. I thank God for the Bible. Thank God for meditating on his word day and night so I could prosper in all my ways. And every word that rises up against the knowledge of God in my life, I destroy. I don't want to entertain. I don't want to cater. I, I hope your children don't grow up to try to prove the Bible wrong. They live a nightmare on this earth consistently breathing the air of God so that we're not walking after other priorities. I told my friends here that their children were participating in this play. Your 15-minute little life that your son played in this drama will impact his life greater than a whole week at Walt Disney. Amen. 15 minutes. These, this week that they've been in this Bible school will transcend and impact their life more than a month of vacation in a place of vanity. Amen. You spend $5,000 to go on vacation, but $50 a whole week, that's too expensive. Next year, let's make it free because we don't want to invest in the things of God. We don't want to offer what happened this week to Miami to see us change the world. To be able to bring children in here to learn that song, God is with me wherever I go. I didn't know that before I came to vacation Bible school. I didn't know that God created all things in a special way to love me, to show me his plan. Look at, look at the things that God knows me, God hears me, God strengthens me, God loves me, God sends me. That's what they learned this week. And some of us don't know that. And where God knows me, we say God didn't know me. He was unfair in letting me live. That's why I want to... Uh, change my whole itinerary. God hears me. God doesn't hear me. God strengthens me. I'm weak. God loves me. God doesn't love me. He has no priority on me. God sends me. He has a purpose. And these are the things they're learning. But here, Jeremiah is walking in these things. He says, you're walking disconnected. Verse 10, then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations. Come and, 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 and measure the temple of God where you say you come to worship with all the practices you're doing. And if it doesn't coincide, coincide, we are nuts. We're nuts. If, if we're not walking aligned with the Spirit of God, who's correcting me? Who's teaching me? Who is the man of God who tells me to go and, and not be a stumbling block? I, I want you guys to come here, Carl and Everett. This is their first day in the house of God. Matthew, look, they're writing notes. They got their Bibles open. These guys are world changers. Come up here. Come up here, Simon. Joshua. Who else is, is in that group? These, 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 yeah, you girls come up here too, Camille and Sarah. They just came out of Sunday school. 
This is their first service in the house of the Lord after 10 grueling years of Sunday school. <laughs> they finally made it. What would be the consequence of somebody to take Camille and saying, Camille, you've never had a drink? Oh, come here. Let me, let me take you to have your first drink. Come here, come here. Let's, come on. Here, this is, this is called Shaker's Bake Sex on the Beach. And cause a stumbling to her. Who, what is the price on that? How about taking Sarah and saying, man, your beautiful hair that they taught you in Sunday school, what God made you, come over here. We're going to paint it purple. You're going to have purple and yellow and blue hair. Totally unaligned with the word of God. Totally disrespectful to her parents. Totally dishonorable to her youth leaders. Tell me what is the consequence of these young girls. Man, what a first day to come to the house of God for these guys. What a terrifying first day. These four gentlemen here said, we can't wait to see what pastor is preaching. You know what they would tell me when they were back there? Pastor, why were you yelling so much? I'd go back there, right? You're like, man, we heard you yelling today. But this is the same thing God is telling Jeremiah. Why do you come to the house of God and you're saying, oh, we're going, we go to God. We go to, you know, go to God. He says, he continues on to say, you guys are consistent with everything that's wrong. You, you've made other gods to go off. You have other priorities. Verse 11, has this house, which is called by my name, become full of liars, full of thieves, people who rob others of their wealth. You don't allow this, them to see the, the goodness of God in your life. Gentleman convinced his two sons that he was more powerful a businessman than a believer. So now both of his sons don't believe in God. And they're pursuing careers. They're going to make for horrible husbands. They're going to be, make for horrible fathers as they have been stripped of their wealth. And God says, you become a den of thieves. Behold, I even, I am looking at these things. I'm, I'm judging this. This is not rumor. This is not gossip. I'm seeing this for myself. Verse 12. But go now to my place, which is in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of the people of Israel. And now because you have done all these things, says the Lord, I spoke to you rising up early and speaking to you, but you did not hear me and I called you, but you did not answer. How many, how many can say with all due honesty that this is not the first time the Lord is calling your attention? That's what he does. He's dad. Uh, when children grow up to be a certain age, and my children, in fact, are, they finish my sentences. Why can they finish my sentences? Because they know where I'm coming from, and they know what I'm going to tell them, because I've been telling them the same thing for 20 years. We know if we don't study, we're not going to eat good. They, they finish the sentences. We know if we don't obey, it's not going to go well. Why? Because they know it already, and you know what I'm talking about today, even though you're acting like I'm bizarre. And all I'm saying, if we lose the lifeline of the reality which we have, we have nothing else. We have no hope. We become a country club. We become a circus. Verse 13, and now because you've done all these things, says the Lord, I spoke to you rising early and you did not hear me. You did not answer. Verse 14, therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name in which is your confidence to this place which I've given you and your fathers as I have done. I love people that backslide. They're in the world. They don't go to church. They don't honor God. They don't honor his people. God, protect me from the terrorists. No, God doesn't protect terrorists from terrorists. You can't ask God for blessing. You can't ask God for covering if you're not under the cover. It's, it's a deception. You're lying to yourself. You cannot be disobedient and have the blessings of the obedient. It's not going to happen. You throw a tantrum, somebody should wake you up out of that tantrum. I think that's the biggest blessing a parent could do to a child is spank them. Wake them up to reality. 
that their tantrum does not govern themselves. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10.16 says that the land who has a child for a king has become cursed. If you're throwing tantrums, you're a curse to your existence. Woe to you land. When your king is a tantrum-throwing child, he is disconnected from truth. He's gone into fantasy. Look what verse 24 says, but you did not obey or incline your ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of your evil heart. There's your heart again. Jeremiah 7, 24. You're not aligned to my words. You're not aligned to the instruction. You followed the counsel and the dictates of your evil hearts, and you went backwards and not forward. You went back. Some people have gone back worse than they were. Uh, we had a family in our church here who couldn't have babies, right? No more babies. We prayed for them, and they had a baby boy. And it was a great time of celebration. You know where that baby boy is now? Back where his fathers were before he was born. Away from God, away from the world-changing revival that brought them into a new existence. They've departed. How does that happen? Guess what? It does. You go backwards and not forwards. Instead of having a child that can display excellence and character, I promise you that these young men are looking for virtuous women and not foolish women. They're not going to look for a foolish woman. One day I'm going to pick about 10 guys that are in our church that picked a foolish woman so that we can understand what the disposition is, what the shame is, what the destruction is that has befallen their world because they didn't pick a virtuous woman who feared the Lord and loved Jesus Christ above all things. Verse 25, since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt, the world until this day, I have sent you all my servants and prophets daily, rising up early and sending them to you, yet you did not obey them. You didn't incline your ear. How does God speak to us through his servants? If you don't consider today a word of God for your life, you're deaf, you're dumb, and you're not going to be able to come out of destruction. God wants you to align yourself up with rebuke. He says like this, uh, yet, verse 26, they did not obey me, nor did they incline their ear, but they stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer. You know, when you, when you have a calloused heart, the sensitivity of the heart is when something moves your heart, you move in the direction. But when you don't, it continues to press on you. And soon there's a callus there. And now you have no more feeling. You have no more desire. And God wants and has an incredible future for you. But you're going backwards away from it. Verse 28. So this nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord, nor receives correction... Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. They don't want to even consider these things. They don't even want to talk. They don't want to go there. Let's not go there again. Yes, let's go there again. Verse 29, cut off your hair and cast it away. Take up a lamentation on the desolate heights of the Lord. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. Verse 30, for the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set abominations in the house which is called by my name. They're walking into the house of God like if they're doing good. All they're doing is polluting it. And girls, you're wonderfully and beautifully made. The husband God has for you loves your hair like God put it on there. If you change his color, he's going to go you and miss you. He won't even be able to know because one guy's looking for a red hair girl and the other one's looking for a brunette. And if these girls don't understand that from the older women that come in this house, it's a travesty. And we're living in a day and an age where the travesties are daily. And in the house of the Lord, it's worse. Polluting it. He says like this, and here it is. I'll finish with this. Verse 
Verse 31, and they have built the high places, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, to burn their sons and their daughters with fire, which I did not command, nor did, I, nor did it come into my heart, those plans. Those ways are not part of God's ways. They're not part of his plans. Let's give a big hand to these guys up here. Welcome to the congregation. Go have a seat. God bless you guys. God bless you. The ones with their Bibles open, the ones with their notebooks, the ones with their pencils, the ones grabbing every word that falls from the pulpit of God's altar and not be intertwined with the people that says, oh, you're too serious. You bring your Bible to church. Why do you take notes? Why do you dress so well? Guess what, my friends? I'd rather have 10 world changers than 1,000 people who are set in their own rebellious ways because we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to those that are outside. A total disservice. And I know that God did not mess up when he established the lines of where he put them. I know that he has purpose beyond our ability to understand. There's a, a verse here in Jeremiah 3, verse 4. We better be careful lest we let our children... Usurp this place. Chapter 3, and we're going to go. I'm sorry, Isaiah 3. I said Jeremiah. Isaiah 3, 4. He says there's a, a dilemma here. I will give your children to be your princes and your babes shall rule over you. What's this mean? There's missing maturity. Maturity is missing in people that begin to rule. And babes shall rule over them. Verse 5, the people will be oppressed, everyone by another, everyone by his neighbor. The child will be insolent to, toward the elder. I'm not going to do what they're telling me to do. Insolent is pride on steroids. I was telling the, the college group last night, the, the young adult group, that the reason my life reflects what it does is every time a man of God spoke into my life, I had a disposition of honor. I had a welcoming attitude to the words that were coming from his mouth because I knew it was God. It wasn't that person. And so now I enjoy peace. I enjoy prosperity. I enjoy family. I was able, able to raise up a godly family even though if I would have followed those that were before me that didn't have the spirit of God, didn't have the word of God, I would have I produced the same thing. But because the disposition was to be honorable, verse two, let's go to Isaiah 3, 12. He says, as for my people, children are the ones that are setting the standards and women have usurped the place. Those who are ahead of you cause you to err and destroy the ways of your path. You're not headed in a good direction. And I want to tell you, as I'm invited to other congregations and I'll speak on these matters, they say we won't welcome him back to speak because all he does is insist on family. And I don't see God's game plan for this world outside of honoring dad, having a virtuous mom at home, and having obedient children in the house. I don't see hope for our land. The weapons of mass destruction are not chemical weapons. It's rebellious children. It's rebellious wives. It's cowardly husbands and fathers. Let's stand. That's what's destroying our land. That we say we're in the house of God, but we are usurping the order of God. Father, thank you for this day that you have made for us to rejoice and be glad. Thank you that in the house of God, we've heard the word of the Lord. Thank you that you insist for us to line up our ways, amend our paths and our doings, and to begin to be a blessing to this world, first starting in the house of God, First starting in our families at home, then the house of God. Then the nations have hope. Then the ends of the earth will see your glory. I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts that we might be receptive to your instruction. That rebellious, disobedient, harmful ways that come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What you have caused to flourish 
in abundance. You have brought us life and life in abundance. We're living a dream when we line up to your order, to your peace. Father, we pray, O oh God, that sanity would return. That our thoughts would be according to your thoughts and our ways according to your ways. And that the house of God would be a place of restoration when sinners repent. When children begin to see that honoring their parents and honoring the Lord and honoring their leaders is the way of peace. The way of life. That this world might desire the attractiveness of doing life God's way. For there is no other name given to man. There is no other way but Jesus Christ, his word, his instruction, his admonition, his discipline, his correction. Though painful, leaves us with a harvest of peace and righteousness. Though it produces godly sorrow because we have missed the mark and we continually go astray and have other priorities and serve other gods and other interests to the demise of our children, O oh God. We pray that you would forgive us, that you would restore us, that you would bring us back to the house of God to honor the God of this house. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen, amen, and amen.